0: so let's let's begin hi everybody whoever's watching whoever's not welcome uh to what's going on with nikki Lerner and scott perry we're becoming a an awesome duo here um <laughs> in matters that matter so uh, if this is the first time you've seen us we get together uh on tuesdays sometimes wednesdays and talk for a little bit about just things that are going on in the world um and We've had some really great conversations, Scott. I've really enjoyed them. Um, And anyway, so we try to just model how to have some conversations uh, around things that people keep telling you that you can't talk about. Um, We try to model some things um, and just give you kind of a proactive way to lean into whatever the conversation is. And we happen to be talking about some of the things that are happening around culture and ethnicity and uh, politics and that kind of thing. Um, Ooh, maybe that's what we should talk about today. Um, but anyway, (laughs) we want to try to do that uh, for you guys. Um, but thanks for watching uh, over the last several weeks. So Scott, you want to introduce yourself again to my peeps?
1: Uh, no, because what I want to do first is say, thank you, Nikki, like, thank you. Just for you being who you are for the difference that you make and you've been extraordinarily generous with me because when things really started to go extra sideways after the pandemic with all the Mm -hmm. fallout from all of um, the horrors around race and ethnicity, I reached out to you to just say, can I ask some questions? And you were very generous with your time and your honesty and your vulnerability, your authenticity, uh, you helped me see a lot of things that I didn't see,
0: mm. and
1: you helped me understand more deeply some things that I only had a very peripheral understanding of. Mm. And my life has been made richer from our friendship long before this happened. But, you know, for just the, the, all the time that you spent, I want you to know how grateful I am and that. I have seen it really make a difference. I've seen the comments in our conversations, and I know that um, this is this is helping because in large part you're just modeling the kind of posture that we all need to have if we're going to exit this situation better than we entered it. Mm. And with that little love fest out of the way, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. I am Scott Perry. I am a husband, a father, a teacher, and a musician from... Floyd, Virginia, postcard of the Blue Ridge. I also am a member of the head coach team for Seth Godin's Akimba Workshops, where we just launched the Creatives Workshop for the second time today. Feel free to check that out at creativesworkshop.com. And I also am the chief difference maker at an operation known as Creative On Purpose, which is just a blog, a broadcast, a coaching program in a community where we help people like you who are doing, who are enhancing their own lives, Through elevating the lives of others, we help you level up in in that enterprise, and you're welcome to go to creativeonpurpose.com to learn more about about that endeavor. Thank you for all of that. Let's dive in.
0: You got it. And by the way, just know that Scott is my coach. Yes, I have a coach. So Scott is my coach. He's fantastic. So please go to Creative On Purpose and give him all of your money uh, because he (laughs) deserves it.
1: All, right. I you all your money but I, I just want to say that one of the things that i learned about becoming a great coach is that it helps if you start with great clients and so nikki is one of the the people that i've worked with that has really forced me to level up my game uh and yes we all need coaches if you don't think you need a coach then mm-hmm. good luck with Getting making any progress in the change that you seek to make. Like Nikki, Mm -hmm. I have a coach, I actually have a couple of coaches, Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're ready to make a change and if you're ready to make the difference that only you can make, we would love to see you. uh, Visit creativeonpurpose.com or NikkiLerner.com.
0: Hey, look at that. Excellent. All right, Scott, here we go. Why can't we talk about politics?
1: (laughs) <laughs> we can talk about politics, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go contrarian here for a minute. Ooh, all right. Because we can talk about politics, but there's not a political solution to this situation. Mm-hmm. We've tried politics mm-hmm. to solve this. I, I don't know if you remember, we we fought a civil war over this issue, mm-hmm. and passed an equal rights amendment, and a voting rights act, and a civil rights amendment. We have tried multiple times to solve this through legislative, political, and legal means. Mm-hmm. And yet, here we are in 2020, same BS, mm-hmm. different day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there will eventually be a, a political solution, a legislative solution that comes at the end of the real fix, and the real fix, I think, Nikki, is you and I having these conversations, mm-hmm. me having th- these conversations in my circle of influence, you having these, circle, these conversations in your circle of influence, because what we need to do is start to create a better version mm-hmm. of the world, a better way forward that is so undeniably better that when you put it up alongside the political so- solutions that we've tried, mm-hmm. we just say, that political stuff is not working but over here it looks like these people are actually making progress this is exactly what uh you know Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and, and all the great uh civil rights leaders did is they didn't they didn't try to make get elected to office and try to get uh i mean obviously they there was conversations mm-hmm. with presidents and so forth to to make change happen but they didn't wait for the political solution they right. took to the streets and they they made sure that people could see the problem. And when, once the world saw the problem, they couldn't unsee it. And just through the power of will and love and true justice, you know, Mm -hmm. they made change happen. Not enough, but more change than has ever come as a result of uh, an act of Congress or a presidential Mm -hmm. decree.
0: Yes, Uh, that's so good. You know, it's interesting, I I know growing up, even as a teenager, I didn't know you're not supposed to talk about politics until somebody told me you're not supposed to talk about politics. Um, And I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about politics or political leaders, that kind of thing. And this is probably the first year that I feel like I can't get away from it. Um, It just feels like it's always in my face. Um, And I don't really talk about politics a whole lot, honestly, um, on my platforms or anything like that, because there's a part of me that feels like I don't think knowing my opinion about politics would help anybody, mm-hmm. other than just to know what my opinion is about things. Probably, I'm probably not outing myself here. Um, one could deduce from the kind of work that I do, um, that in this past election, I did not vote for our current president. Um, and I remember, I um, the, you know, the day, the reality is, is I'm like, this could go either way. I knew it. I was just like, uh, this could go either way. We'll see. So we didn't even wait for the election results. We just went to bed and woke up the next day and I was like, Hmm, as you like to say in the words of my great sensei coach, Scott Perry, well, isn't that interesting? (laughs) But I will tell you this, like, I remember, um, sitting in a chair in my living room and staring out the window for like 15 minutes, thinking to myself, I feel different today. I feel less safe uh, today than I did yesterday. Um, Now, that that could have been my own storytelling, Mm -hmm. right? And my own come from, which probably a lot of that could have been. And I remember that my husband and I were slated to take a um, a trip to Indiana. We were driving. We drive a long stretch through the Midwest. And that's why I was staring out the window because it was the first time I wondered to myself, are we going to be okay yeah. uh, as an interracial couple? You know, like what happens now that, you know, there were parts of, of that race that I think people who look like me Um, we're wondering if it was a breeding ground for, uh, people on the extremes to have a license to be a little further in Mm -hmm. now. And I was thinking about that, but so I started to tell myself some stories and, and here's the thing, like I, I have voted in the past in every party, right? Like I have, um, I'm a, (laughs) I'm an independent, I'm a registered independent. Um, I don't like the phrase I am like, that's just where I sat because I was like, well, I kind of like a little bit of this and I kind of like a little bit of that. So where do I go? Well, I guess I'm in the middle, (laughs) right? But, but I have voted Democrat. I have voted Republican over the span of my lifetime. And I remember as I'm sitting in my chair telling myself stories, I decided to make two phone calls and I reached out to two of my very close friends who I assumed, and I was right, voted differently than, than I did. And so I called one of my friends who he, he and I have these really great conversations about politics. I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time as normal people who love each other. And I said, Hey man, I'm just sitting here this morning. And I need you to talk me off the ledge. That's what I said. I said, Help me see what I don't see from your perspective. Mm -hmm. That was the question. And that was the question for my other friend as well, because at that moment, I'm like, well, I can either sit here longer and make up more stories in my own mind, my own come from, or I could take a step towards someone that I already know loves me. And we don't think the same way, but we love each other and ask them Help me get into your head. And we probably talked for an hour. And he said some things that after I got off the phone with him, I thought, you know what? I could I could see that. I can see why this would make sense to you. Now, my my opinion about things didn't have to change. He didn't ask me to change my opinion about things. We had a conversation about how we both see the world yeah. and literally left it at that. And um, I'm grateful for people like that in my world, that um, we don't have to agree. Like I'm trying to figure out when, when did conversation only become about agreement? And if we don't agree, we can't be friends. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a rhetorical question. I don't know what you think about that or.
1: No, I think it's really um, profound. And I think you're, you're really hitting on the heart of it. And this is, you know, when we're talking about politics or religion mm-hmm. or economic policy or whatever it is that you want to talk about, we're talking about to so what you were just saying, the narrative in our head. I have a narrative mm-hmm. in my head based on my experience and my observations mm-hmm. and my need for belonging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And One, you know, just to go back in time to the same moment, I I remember seeing the very first Republican debate because yes, I did watch all the debates, every last one of them. And the first time I heard our current president talk, I said, oh my God, he's gonna win. And my wife said, there's no way, there's 40 people on that stage. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but he's saying the things out loud that people have never said, and the people that believe things like that have, haven't been voting and they're now they have a spokesperson and they're going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to vote and that's going to really change things. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, when we woke up the morning after the election, the world had changed very dramatically. It appeared, but I, you know, I had a, a similar process, you know, I was saddened, uh, on a certain level, but I also zoomed out and reminded myself that everybody is making their voting decision Mm -hmm. based on what they think is truly right Right. for them and the people that they care about. Yes. You know, it's, they're not evil because they didn't vote the way I voted. They're Mm not dumb because they didn't vote the the way that I voted. They have needs, wants, dreams, and desires that are different enough from mine that they felt like Making that choice was going to help them
0: yes.
1: get where they wanted to go, mm-hmm. and to have that, you know, just to put myself in that kind of empathy, and then to talk to my friends that did did vote the way that I did, mm-hmm. and help them try to like wrap their head around this idea like these people are not the enemy. Mm-hmm. They are human beings that made a decision different than the one that you and I made, mm-hmm. and we're not going to get anywhere by calling each other names and canceling each other just because we had the audacity to say something that we believe to be true and to your closing point we've never required a you know unanimous agreement on anything there was a time where it seemed like it was more possible to disagree without being disagreeable with each other mm-hmm. and whether it's social media and you know online conversation or if it's you know living in the age of entitlement i don't know but at some point we we started to get this idea that the only conversations are within the little bubble of confirmation Mm -hmm. bias and the echo chamber of, I believe what you believe, Mm -hmm. or yelling across at the other bubble of confirmation bias and calling them names and casting aspersions. Um, And and, and the political system as we know it now feeds off that. That's how these people are getting elected Mm -hmm. is because they are speaking to the one one bubble or the other. Um, and making one bubble or the other the enemy and one bubble or the other um, you know, the heroes. And that's that's not the way that we're gonna move forward yeah. as as a species, never mind, as as a culture or as a society or as a civilization.
0: There's a, a cultural element to uh the context where we're talking about I've never actually said this publicly so but I feel like I should um well, we'll see what happens from there right but back in the election I mean I you know looking back on it I, I um I'm like well there were I think there were a lot of reasons that it went the way that it did Um and I also know that people who did vote that way were very excited mm-hmm. Right, and, and and remembering that people that see the world differently, um, that I remember telling myself, you know, they probably felt the same way for the last eight years, mm-hmm. where like I felt very comfortable with the people in the White House <laughs> previously. I was like, these people are all aw- awesome. Like I want to go out to dinner with them. You know, that's how I kept feeling um although you know and it's impossible right you can't agree with everyone's policy on every single thing whatever but i was like but these are these look like some cool people right but i do remember thinking back and remembering and 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 those of you that are watching or even interested in what i'm about to say please just i'd ask just give me some grace here as i speak unedited um and hopefully know my heart by now is i thought to myself when Again, we were still having these incidents of racial injustice and uh, incidents with law enforcement um, and and all these things. They were happening then too. And once the uh, Black Lives Matter movement began uh, officially during that time, at least it was started to get more visible, that, that is the moment where I thought to myself, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." because I thought I can imagine being someone in the majority culture who does not understand what they see Mm. and if when you don't understand what you see you become fearful of it and I thought to myself I think that again, just trying to put myself in someone else's shoes, even as a, you know, what would it feel like to me if I was living in the middle of Nebraska somewhere and I had been kind of living in a white community and I was a white person and and with no proximity, right, of different kinds of people. And all I saw on TV were these large masses of non-white people saying, you know, fix this, you know, protesting and, I can imagine being in those shoes and thinking, what is happening in my country, mm. right? I could see it. And so there, I've never, I've never, literally never said that publicly, um, but it was something I have been thinking about um, after our first election uh, of just the fear of things that you don't understand. And then if people come on the back side of it and say things like, I remember when people were saying that you know Black Lives Matter was a terrorist group. Like, what? What? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You know, but if you hear that during election time, you see something you don't understand, people put verbs and languages and language and nouns around it, right? Of course, you're gonna be like, I gotta hurry up and vote. I don't have time to figure this out. This is scaring me. Does that make any sense at all? No, it
1: really I'm sure does. That I mean,
0: with very few people.
1: <laughs> this is, I mean, this is the way we cannot undo the biological and evolutionary wiring. I mean, mm-hmm. we have this, you know, prehistoric brain at the base mm-hmm. of our skull, attached to our spine, mm-hmm. that bypasses our capacity for reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we see a stranger, when we see the the other the different, we we uh, what's triggered is fight or flight, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Now, we have since the time we first started walking upright developed this prefrontal cortex where we can actually recognize that we had this problem that you know. We no longer live in a world where we have to always rely on fight or flight, and we can pause that impulse and mm-hmm. insert uh, a, mo- a moment mm-hmm. to, you know, think about things a little bit more logically, rationally, reasonably. Um, and you know, one of the things I've loved about our conversations, Nikki, is you know we've really been working to define terms and to define like what's really going on, as opposed Mm -hmm. to the knee jerk, uh, just repeating what we see on the news or repeating what other people say about what they Mm -hmm. see on the news. And I think that we want to, we, we, we need diversity and inclusion because it's what, Brings richness of perspective, which leads to better solutions to difficult problems, mm-hmm. and we need to recognize that we actually have an abundance of opportunity and resources mm-hmm. that we don't have to be hoarding mine and good luck getting yours. That you know the the world is just bountiful and if we have a quality of access and opportunity to education, to economic well-being, to health and, mm-hmm. and wellness, mm-hmm. um, it's there. And so, yes, we should be celebrating and acknowledging and accepting our differences.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some people look like this, and some people look like that, and some people believe this, and some people believe that, and I think all of that's okay. And your ability to flourish and be you should not be should not be pushed back on or closed in until it impedes on somebody else's ability to mm-hmm. flourish yeah. and become who they want to become.
0: That right there, that,
1: and then. Yes. Uh, while we're celebrating the differences,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what if we also acknowledge that we're all human beings, mm-hmm. and that the differences that we're talking about have actually no bearing on our capacity for mm-hmm.
0: anything—intelligent mm-hmm. thought, right,
1: physical acuity, mm-hmm. <laughs> mental acuity. Yeah. Um, you know, we are—we are all part of one species that's yeah. only uh, a, a less than that away from our prehistoric <laughs> relative the chimpanzee and you know and what happens if we if we just think about the fact that every you know, the, the great minds of our age the Einsteins and the Carl Sagans and the others ha- are, have proven that when you really boil it down, we're all actually just one interconnected organism. Mm -hmm. Everything on this planet, everything in our solar system, everything in our galaxy, everything in the universe, we're all made of the same stuff. We are all one. There's this interconnectedness. And with that acceptance and acknowledgement, maybe we can start to have a little bit more respect for each other and mm-hmm. the world that we live in and take a little bit more responsibility for what we think and what we do mm-hmm. and what we are going to do to undo harms of the past.
0: Yeah. It's complex. It is very complex. I think... um the thing, the idea of belief is just so interesting because, you know, beliefs are what drive every, almost every decision we have, Mm -hmm. right? And so you're absolutely right. If, if, i think the fear even in the way that we talk about what's happening politically is the fear of belief that if one person believes this thing like you said that then turns into my oppression as a person no matter who that is then that's where we're going to have a problem even if it's perceived Mm -hmm. um you know there are a lot of people who um you know voted for our current president because of that like in in their belief system they knew that they would feel like the oppressed people right in in that regard there's a lot of that going around but the idea that um i don't know i i think it's be- belief I feel like belief can be empowering and ridiculously dangerous all at the same time.
1: I think part of it, it, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, beliefs are one of the things that inform our identity and our individual identities are very important to us, you know, because it feeds the thing that we need most after we've taken care of food, clothing, and shelter, Mm and air, and that's a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And so we, our first order of belonging is built on, I believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. And as, and we can talk about the, 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 the virtues and the vices of that kind of thing but we can also it's 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 beliefs themselves are not the problem it's our attachment to our beliefs mm-hmm. and this That's is good. this is you know when when we are having you know you and I have had, have had some conversations about you know there's uproar on both ends about monuments in the south that are celebrating the mm-hmm. civil war and some people are saying it's just a part of our heritage and we want to celebrate that. And some people are mm-hmm. saying it's a, celebrating a heritage of hate and we don't want that. To, we don't need that to be, You know, what mm-hmm. are we re- memorializing? Well, we have different points of view depending on what you have chosen to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens if we can just disattach ourselves for a moment Mm. From the thing that we believed and maybe have always believed. Mm. And what if we just considered mm. that there are alternative ways of looking at the same object and coming to very different conclusions about what it means? And, mm. you know, when we are cleaving and clinging to beliefs that are divisive mm. and fuel. Um, fuel hatred and fuel misunderstanding and fuel selfishness. Mm-hmm. We are complicit in our own suffering. Mm. And yeah. you don't have to. Mm. You don't have to be complicit in your own suffering. It is possible because we have the capacity to be a little bit more reasonable and rational, to be Mm -hmm. a little less judgmental and a little bit more considerate, to be a little less certain and a little bit more curious. Mm -hmm. And again, just consider that there's an alternative way. And if we can do that, then we can, at least for a moment, break the cycle of, this. I believe this, this is the only way to to think about this, and you believe that, and you're wrong, and that means that you're stupid and you need to be punished in some way. Right. Um, for having a different belief, it's it's mm. we're just we're just storytelling machines, and and the thing about the, our stories is, we can change the stories that we tell ourselves. And if, mm-hmm. and your well being, mm. your health and happiness is determined by the stories you you tell yourself. Choose your story and choose your future. Is the story mm-hmm. you're telling yourself fueling your suffering, or is it, or is it cultivating your happiness and well being? The choice is yours. I know. And when I say that, you know, you were just saying how complex it is. And I'm saying, well, actually, it's quite simple. Mm -hmm. Well, it is quite simple. Change your story, change your future. Mm -hmm. And the simple things are never easy. (laughs) That's right. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. 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 No, gosh, it's so good. Y'all y'all see why he's my coach. (laughs) 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 No, it's 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 really, it's really amazing. Um, I think that it's so important. And I know you and I probably teach this to our clients, right, that it, it's so important to just work for an awareness of why we are doing what we're doing, um, why we're saying what we're saying, why we're making the choices uh, that we are making. Because um, I sometimes I fear that, you know, there. Are, all these other people in political world, right? And they're pulling the strings and we are just carrying on their story for them. I mean, they don't even need to hire anybody to do that, right? Like if we lose awareness of why we are making the decisions that we are making, um, that we literally are working for them. Um, And we're the ones that have to live it out as citizens, right? Um, and yet if, if we lose awareness on, you know, am I, am I, what am I really thinking? Why am I making these choices? Why am I saying this to my friend? Why am I, why am I risking some of these things? Some, sometimes you need to risk it, but I think for the most part, just to recognize that at times we are, we are doing the work of, of people, not all. But some that may be pulling some strings that we would not pull ourselves um, in just everyday life.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's worth you know questions. Yeah, can be really really powerful ways Mm -hmm. to change our mind. Yes, you know yes you can change your mind by changing the story you tell yourself and you can start acting as if and you can start asking what if and you know try to. Um, motivate yourself to act in a way that leads you to change your mind. but taking your t- stating your beliefs as questions
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and holding them up to scrutiny
0: mm-hmm.
1: and being willing to have them questioned or criticized mm-hmm. or pushed back on in the service of you coming up with a better, healthier belief mm-hmm. can be really powerful and you, you said something really um, really important I think and that is um this idea of like what do you stand for like what do you like what it's the the design thinking question what's it for mm. you know how i i i believe in Every individual is like having a, a, a vision statement and a mission statement for themselves. What's the vision of the world that you want to bring into being? You know, a world where you and the people you care about are able to flourish a little bit more and suffer a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And then what, what's your role in bringing that, that vision to fruition? Obviously, if it's a worthwhile vision you're not going to get there in your lifetime mm-hmm. uh, but you can be stepping into possibility and doing that with and for the people that you care about, and you can do that without impinging on anybody else's ability mm-hmm. to pursue their vision and to execute their mission mission and this is how you, you know what's what's it all for I mean we're really talking about the big question like yeah. This thing that I, this gift that I possess, this life that I have, mm-hmm. is it really so I can spend time yelling at people that don't agree with everything I right. believe? Is it really so I can um, chase big houses and fast cars, and mm-hmm. or is there maybe a higher purpose? What does it mean to live the good life? Answer that question for yourself. Right. And I think you'll find that you're spending a lot of time in your day-to-day doing things and believing things that are impeding your ability mm-hmm. to live a good life, a life that's worth having lived and a work a life that is worth remembering.
0: Right. <sighs> it's fantastic. I'm going to stop us there today. We did better today, less less than an hour.
1: We, we almost made it, kept a, a half hour discussion know, to 30 almost. minutes. Yeah. I just wanna say again, Nikki, this has been, I mean, so you and I decided that we were gonna do six of these conversations just to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly it's been um, the selfish pursuit of Scott wanting to spend some extra time with Nikki and oh, gain a little understanding um, about, you know, a perspective that
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: I, I thought I had some insight into and found out that um, I was very, very on the surface and that there was a lot when you drove down a little bit deeper that I didn't understand. So you've been immensely helpful. Um, Nikki and I are gonna have a conversation about what happens next. Um, But if these conversations have been at all helpful to you, we would love for you to respond in the comments. If you wanna ask us questions, that's fine. And if you wanna tell us that we're off our rocker, that's fine too. I've been told worse. And most of the time it's been true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I echo all of that. And thank you for all of you joining us, um, for so many weeks and, uh, tuning in. Uh, yeah. So we'll keep you in the loop and, uh, thanks for, for hanging out with us, Scott. Thanks for all of your brilliance. You're awesome and, um, making my life so much more richer and better in multiple multiple facets
1: we're all in this together and it's uh the feeling is quite quite mutual
0: thank you thanks scott we'll see you guys later all right my friend well done hey that was fun